disguise. There's one of Santa's helpers. I'll steal these presents from right under his nose. <laughs> now hold it there, you little fake elf. Be safe. What are you doing here? I would have gotten away with this if it weren't for you. Sergeant B-Safe, you've been a very good boy this year. Hello, Santa and Robbie Blind. I knew you'd be in this area right about now. Ooh. Wow, this is perfect timing. This good family has just returned. It's always a good idea to keep your doors and windows locked when you're not home. Don't give Robbie Blind the advantage. There's very inexpensive cameras and security systems you can set up as well. Sergeant Be Safe, thank you for coming. We appreciate everything you do. Without you, this holiday season would be ruined. Wow, thank you, Sergeant Be Safe. You saved the day. You're welcome, and I'm happy to hear it. You guys enjoy the rest of the day. Santa, you have a safe trip back to the North Pole. Ooh, party poopa, be safe. No gifts for you, Rob, you blind. You'll be put away this holiday season. Sergeant B-Safe wants you and your family to have a safe and enjoyable holiday season. And that's your tip of the day, to have a safe holiday. Merry Christmas. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Subscribe now.
for over an hour. go ladies and gentlemen boys and girls thank you guys for tuning in you're welcome to the lab slash black and blue some of you guys remember the lab where we used to interview people with businesses products and positive messages we have transitioned on to black and blue where we now interview police officers law enforcement officials across the nation whether they're rookie whether they're seasoned whether they're retirees and we talk about their experiences we talk about relative relative topics that are going on in the world today so make sure that you guys have your questions ready this is interactive if you say something if you want that shout out that you're looking for make sure you put your your name and where you're from in the comments section and i'll give you that shout out that you're looking for i can't see who's on here until you post something if you have a question we'll acknowledge that question as well thank you guys for tuning in it's your motivational speaker your empowerment coach your author and your favorite baker's favorite baker coach Cleek coming at you i got a special guest backstage i'll introduce him in a minute but we got to get that sponsorship information out there we got hold on let me switch screens real quick see we got a couple there we go we got jamon on what's good what's going on thank you for tuning in please tag like and share we appreciate it we have a, a wonderful show uh scheduled for us today you know we go live weekly uh we go live with a special guest i'm looking forward to jumping into the meat and potatoes but we got to get the sponsorship out the way first and foremost the sponsorship you see it in the comment section mg4 tech merrick green if you need anything done digitally whether you have a website whether you have your own podcast whether you need any kind of digital work done check out his website below don't do it right now do it after the show and reach out to him he's very efficient very effective he'll get that information get that work done for you and i guarantee you'll like it all right and when you do make sure you tell him that i sent you and he'll he'll, yeah, he'll probably hook you up somehow all right can't tell you how can't tell you what but it'll probably hook you up also one-way publishing you know the see a couple books back here some of them i wrote some of them a few clients wrote uh their motto is they can turn a mere thought into a book that's bought so if you ever thought about writing a book whether it's a physical book a paperback coloring book hard copy um ebook audible they can get it done they can turn a mere thought into a book that's bought get that information out there you don't want to just have that information stale in your head you want to get that out i've, I've worked with them many times they are a sponsor of the show they get good quality work out there uh the website right there workwithclee.com is in the comment section also uh if you want to reach out to them to uh get your book done reach out for them for that if you were interested in being on the podcast itself you can register right there on that website too we got a bunch of guests lined up we're filled for uh, all the way up until the end of the year uh working on uh i think january has a few slots still available but february is wide open all right but sergeant be safe is going to let you know about uh one-way publishing stay tuned Hi, I'm Sergeant B. Safe. One Way Publishing is the sponsor for the podcast Black and Blue. And these books behind me are a few of the books that are on their website. Check out the latest one, The Lab Part 2. It just came out. It's a compilation of former guests that were on the show. But make sure you tune into the podcast. That way you can see cartoons of me giving out safety tips on how you can be safe. See for yourself. Go to the website, workwithclee.com. Subscribe now.
But I would be remiss if I did not say Sergeant B Safe is the cartoon cop that gives out safety tips and concerns and relevant for the month, the season, or just life period. Uh, if you want to be a voiceover, reach out, let me know. We're accepting those as well. We have a lot of fun making those cartoons, okay? Uh, but we, we're going to jump right into it. The, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I appreciate you for making yourself available tonight. We've got a special guest, Lieutenant Will August is backstage. He's been he's in, in a, a, the, a southern part of the region compared to where I'm at. You guys know I'm in Pennsylvania. Uh, he's out where the weather is a lot nicer than where it is here. He's been on the job for 16 years as far as CID and a commander in the CID unit. He's going to share some of his experiences. Not only has he been on the job, he's also a veteran in the Navy. He did seven years in the Navy. We all know Army leads the way, but we're still partial to vets as well. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm going to bring him to the stage. Will, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for making yourself available. I'm excited to have you on the show. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. So can you tell, give us a little bit of foundational, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Sure. Uh, I'm Will August. Uh, I've been in law enforcement total now about 18 years. Uh, right. 16, 16 of those 18 is with uh, uh, local law enforcement. I'm a municipal uh, law enforcement officer. The other two are where my humble beginnings uh, started, which is with the Navy, uh, Go Navy, Be Army. Uh, <laughs> so that brings me a total of uh, 18 years. And within those 18 years, I've been in various units. Obviously, like most officers, I started off in the road patrol, but I had that deep burning desire for whatever reason uh, to get into the crazy, crazy, crazy world of narcotics. Um, mm -hmm. I think I was fascinated and, and captivated by the idea. And I'm very imaginative of getting to play a role and the thrill of, you know, being on that edge and doing, you know, very interesting and very strategic type investigation, um, all while being in a very dangerous environment, right? So majority of my career was in narcotics. I think I did a total um, about nine years within narcotics. It went from street level, mid-level, major narcotics, and ultimately money laundering. Hmm. Um, from money laundering, I decided, hey, narcotics is a dangerous, dangerous game. Um, though I look young, I still am young. I was, uh, I wanted to have a little bit of longevity, right? Mm -hmm. So I decided to, uh, go ahead and, uh, take the promotional exam, promoted to Sergeant, um, as a Sergeant, I worked patrol again, mm -hmm. uh, and then quickly from patrol, I worked internal affairs, um, for about another good three years there, um, from internal affairs, went back to the road, ran the schools. So this is on the heels of, uh, the Stoneman. Uh, Douglas shooting down here in South Florida. We had a very major uh, massive school shooting. So uh, our agency decided to take a very strong and proactive approach when it came to protecting our schools. So I was fortunate enough to be a part of that process. Um, nice. From there, uh, I went ahead and uh, promoted uh, to lieutenant. Um, currently, uh, I'm a lieutenant in our Criminal Investigations Command. Mm -hmm. I uh, oversee our burglary unit, our auto theft, petty theft, traffic homicide, um, and our tactical squad. Um, I'm very happy and, and fortunate and blessed to have been given this great honor. Um, investigations is where my heart has always been, and that kind of rounds me up in terms of where I've been and where I'm at. So I uh, hope I gave a great snapshot of my, uh, my background there. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And I appreciate that. And Sergeant Be Safe it wants to give you a welcome to the show as well. And we're gonna we're gonna dig into the interview. Uh, but Sergeant Be Safe, he has to get his just rewards as well. All right. Hello, this is Sergeant Be Safe, and I want to welcome all you viewers and our very special guest to Black and Blue. So get your questions ready and enjoy the show. Film Pack. Subscribe now. So yeah, certain be safe saying welcome. Thank you for coming in. And we're gonna take a couple steps back. Um, so you were while you were in the Navy, were you in the Navy as a reservist or were you active duty? Were you still working for, uh, on patrol as a police officer or were you in the Navy first? That's a great question. So initially I joined what I thought was active duty, but what I didn't know is I signed a traditional reservist contract. So straight out of high school, joined the Navy, I did two years active duty out in San Diego as a Navy version of military police. So that's where I got my my introduction, if you will, to the gotcha. uh, noble profession of police work. Right. Did that mm -hmm. for two years. Uncle Sam said, thank you for your service. You need to go back and be a reservist now. And I was not I was not prepared. I was still a very young man. Um, I thought I had a lot more to give back to the military in this beautiful country we call United States of America, but um, I came back into the reserves. And from there, coach, I just started applying. Um, the first agency I applied to, they gave me a shot. Uh, I wasn't even old enough to buy a gun. And uh, I had my brother buy my gun and I became a police officer at a very young age. And, and off and on, and currently I'm a reservist still um, with the Navy. So uh, uh, it's great to be, you know, both a community, Mm -hmm. protector, servant, as well as serving, you know, our country. So amazing yeah. opportunity. Dual hats. Absolutely. I, all jokes aside, uh, Navy, Army, uh, I, I salute you in both aspects because it's not uh, easy, uh, easy hats to, care, uh, to wear, actually. So, yeah, seriously, give you a salute. Appreciate you. Thank you, Coach. Yeah. And right back at you. I, I saw you give the little Army shout out. So um, I take it that you're a man that served as well, a fellow one percenter. Yep, absolutely. I did, yep, Army leads the way. I, I, I had fun in the Army as well, uh, and then I transitioned on to law enforcement myself, currently still in the position. Outstanding, outstanding. Yeah, up, up, we got to go Army right there. You know it. You know it. We got to get that one out. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. This is going to be a great show. I'm already, I'm already excited. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so when you, the two years that you did as an MP, what, what kind of – what? Can you share with us that get actually sparked you gave you the bug how fun was it what experiences that you had like wow i didn't know i wanted to do this before now i'm doing this now this is the uh, direction i want my life to go okay that's a great question so for me um it started with police explorers um i don't know if where you are police explorers is a thing but mm -hmm. um down here is a great opportunity where young college age uh, students can join or participate with their local law enforcement agency, really dive into that community policing philosophy, right? Really get to know the ins and outs of law enforcement. And for me, I grew up in a very, very rough part of town and it just blew me away to have mentors who were law enforcement officers who did not look like me, didn't sound like me, didn't uh, 
see the world in the manner in which I saw at the time. And they really took the time to pour into me and really uh, give me that sense of direction and, and expose me to this great noble profession called law enforcement. So mm-hmm. as I sat back as a young high school student, I couldn't wait, coach. I wanted to get in there really bad, but there's only like, I can think of one agency in, in, in the U.S. where you could be a cop at 18. It's very rare, right? So I knew I wanted to uh, build a very robust and comprehensive resume. I knew I wanted to travel and see the world. And a Navy recruiter grabbed me one day and said, you can see the world through a porthole. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he lied. <laughs> I didn't see the world through no porthole, but he did give me an opportunity to be a military police officer. And getting into that field, it, it wasn't what I thought it would be, but let me tell you what, it was one heck of a ride. And I enjoy the foundation and the the blueprint, if you will, of what I am today because of that service. Gotcha. And, and just to kind of piggyback on that, I remember my army recruiter said that you can see the world via uh, jumping out of planes and wearing a parachute. And so I tried that and I, I, all I saw was dust and drop zones. That's it. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. I'm not, I'm not shaming that. I had a lot of no, fun while I was in. Absolutely. So tell us about, yeah, you, you kind of alluded to your current position and your current responsibilities. What, sure. what exactly do you do now? Okay. Um, I'm relatively new to the position. I think I'm about a month and a half, maybe two months into it. So uh, thank you. Thank you very much. You know, it's funny. Uh, I saw a meme a while back. It says, God will put you in positions you didn't apply for. Um, <laughs> I was definitely on a track to work the more administrative, you know, the world of procurement, supply chain. I had my my eyes and heart set on that, but uh, you know, the agency pivoted me and put me in a position that's very lucrative, very highly sought after. So my day to day consists of it's, it's kind of weird. Uh, as I mentioned, I've kind of been in the role for two months, but I find myself wearing two hats. I'm, one hat, I'm a little bit more operational type of that supervisory role, kind of in the weeds and trying to help you know, provide resources and, and different eyes eyes towards solving crimes. And then the other hat I wear is very heavy administrative, special projects, uh, buying and bidding on different tools and resources to make the men and women who investigate um, these crimes more efficient and more effective. So I'm kind of literally, and I won't lie to you, Coach, I really truly feel like I embody middle management. I'm operational, administrative, but um, I have a, a very robust staff of detectives and supervisors um it's a lot of a lot of a lot of detectives a lot of supervisors and um it's just only um myself within my division mm-hmm. um, and there's other lieutenants in violent crimes and you know uh, forensics but in terms of your traditional property crime section um i just manage i feel at times coach everything so <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot, but you know, I could do it, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You'll find a way to get it done. We always do. And I'm pretty sure you, you do it tremendously. Absolutely. Where, where what kind of a positive experiences can you share with us and in, in, in your role or maybe some other roles that you've served throughout your department? Positive experiences. Um, so I outside of being a police officer, I mean, I'm a part of a, you know several different um civic organizations and fraternal mm-hmm. organizations. One of them being uh, my fraternity Alpha Five Fraternity Incorporated. I'm a part of NOBLE, the National Organization for Black Law Enforcement Executives. I currently 
uh, uh, hold the position as vice president for my sector, um, which is very, very um, in itself humbling, in itself uh, an opportunity to continue to serve in a different capacity amongst my peers, other executives within the uh, the region. Um, I serve as a member of um, the Black Police Officer Association within my organization. So one of the one highlight is always giving back. Like I think true, so narcotics undercover guy and transitioning over to that community ambassador, that, that community uh, policing philosophy type of individual was very rewarding. So I remember that I can think of um, is two, two of them. One of them is our annual turkey giveaway. I've never really been that kind of a cop in the beginning to kind of get back and, you know, volunteer and sweating and moving turkey. But I did it one year to see the smiles on these children's faces and to watch, you know, let's say a kindergartner go from kindergarten to high school to college and come back and say to you, hey, you made an impact on my life, coach. You made an impact on my life, Sarge or LT, whatever I was at the time. That really, it, it kind of justified all those long days, those overtime, standing at foot post, going through all the ins and outs of this profession. And it's not as glamorous as some of the other things that we do really just made it feel that much more special. So I would think that turkey drive was an amazing experience. Christmas is right around the corner. I do. We do a big uh, Christmas toy drive. We identify a school where I would say over 80% of the student body is underserved and underprivileged. And we go out, we put smiles on children's faces, giving out toys, getting to know the families, and really embracing them and opening our arms from an agency standpoint, from a community standpoint, from a partnership standpoint. And those, those memories far blows out anything cool I can ever tell you. About some of the things I've done, right? I understand, uh, and it is it is very rewarding to actually uh, deal with the public or individuals in your your jurisdiction, and then have watch them grow and watch them. For one, it's a very we have a very thankless job most of the time, and Absolutely. when somebody comes back and says thank you or thank you for your service, and you know they mean it because you remember yes. them from uh, an event or a situation that happened, it it, it means that much more to actually hear. It. Absolutely. Especially with the ones with the tears in their in their eyes mm -hmm. and their voices trembling. They're like, you saved me. You gave me uh, something to strive for. You showed me there's a better way. And I kind of alluded to it earlier. Somebody did that for me. Somebody poured into me, filled my cup, and I was able to pour into somebody else. That's so rewarding. It's paying it forward. Paying yes, it sir. Forward. <laughs> which goes right online with i want to ask you this um the challenges that a lot of uh, law enforcement agencies across this nation uh have is uh community policing i mean that's been a hot topic uh for sure. the past couple of years that's been a hot topic for a long time but it's really come to the forefront uh relatively recently uh what what are your views on community policing um and what are the challenges that it faces i mean i, I, I do you think that it's something that has gone away? Do you think it's something that needs to be brought back? Or do you think it's always been there? It just doesn't get the media's attention. I think our very profession initially was rooted in community policing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have the technology now, cell phones, laptops, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. But if you truly think back in the day, I'm talking about back, back in the day, 
It was truly the community that policed itself, and we entrusted an individual to carry out those duties when yourself and I and others will be out doing our day-to-day businesses and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, you found that those communities, the people who lived in those communities were the ones that had those responsibilities and duties, right? Right. So when you ask me what are my views and my take on community policing, is it something that we can never get to? I think it's always been there, but as we move forward as an industry, as a profession, we forgot our ways, kind of like technology. We forgot what got us here. We're always looking for the latest upgrades and latest cool phrases and philosophies and policing. And for a while there, because quite frankly, we live in a dangerous world, we forgot the serve part, which encompasses the community part. We focus on the protection, right? The muscle, enforcing, enforcing, and faster cars, you know, bigger guns, uh, more tactical training, you know, more uh, high speed software to leverage our, our ability to you know seek out bad guys but we never develop the other side the compassion side the the interpersonal the, the interpersonal relationship side of just being a human a community ambassador a community stakeholder by truly embracing that community aspect you know how i know that doesn't exist because a lot of officers i don't know where you are but where i'm from and this is to be honest it's kind of a national trend a lot of these police officers do not live in the cities they work in. Right. So to them, it's a job. I'm coming to work. For people like myself and other, I come to work, but I live in the very community I police in. I have a vested interest in knowing that I can help, you know, solve that crime or keep the community safe because it's my community. I run those streets. I bring my kids out to school and wait at the bus stop. So I think... It's a bigger problem, but it's a problem in which we can easily identify when we just kind of shift that mindset, right? Um, and be more of guardians versus um, warriors uh, going forward. You know, what, what resonated with me with you explaining that is in anyone with an uh, athletic or sports background, you always mm-hmm. hear what coaches would always say uh, when, whenever you're riding high or whenever your things may be working or things may not be working. Mm-hmm. Always go back to the fundamentals. Fundamentals. Mm-hmm. We lost those fundamentals. We develop new skill sets, which is effective and it serves its purpose. But um, we need to listen to the people who trust us and give us that power, right? Um, and if the community, in the various communities in the nation, say we want officers more engaged, more in tune to the human side of policing, mm-hmm. then we as professionals that swore and and to protect and uphold these these values, we need to listen to our uh, you know our community partners and really give them what they want. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard. Kind of hard, but we gotta we gotta step up and meet those challenges. Absolutely, absolutely. So, with the rise of mental illnesses and mental health and 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 developments on uh, law enforcement agencies having to deal with people in crisis, um, mm-hmm. the old traditional way would be to you actually show up on the scene. Uh, the person's acting out in whatever kind of manner, then you take it more likely you either take them to the hospital or you take them to jail or the book, right. whatever right. the stuff is. Um, but now, since emo- uh, our department has co-responders, we have uh, crisis agents that are on call 24-7, there's so many different avenues. How do you feel that we can combat the challenges of uh, mental health crises that's going on since they seem like they're on the rise here in this nation? 
I feel with technology, I, I think mental health has always been a problem. It's just something mm-hmm. that was never really highlighted. We never really saw it. Um, look how we used to handle it, right? If you were deemed mentally ill back in the back in the day, they would put you in the insane asylum, right? Lobotomy, mm-hmm. shock therapy, they'll mm-hmm. drug you to the point where you're you're not with it. So I think mm-hmm. mental health has always been something deeply rooted in our in our very fabric as a society. It was just something that we just never really saw, or for a lot of communities and a lot of cultures, it was something taboo that we really don't want to. <laughs> you're not you're not crazy. You just you know you're just going through a season. Yeah. So with that being said, um, and we're living in it, right? We're seeing more and more uh, different professions. I can think of military because I'm kind of dual there, where they too are suffering with a high 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 level of mental health crisis within the the, the service members themselves. Yeah. So. Tying it back to law enforcement, um, the first thing has to be education, right? Mm-hmm. Without knowledge, you are powerless. Knowledge right. is power. Mm-hmm. So my agency took a very proactive approach way before this kind of became a national trend. And we trained our officers to be well-versed and prepared in crisis intervention. Um, I think I was part of one of the first few classes that underwent an extensive, extensive crisis intervention training um, that was compounding. So every so often we'll get those refresher courses to the point where when we interact with people in crises, we know what to look for. We we show that compassion, that empathy, that ability to, instead of uh, using force, we use that verbal force, right? We use that verbal skill set to really help um, connect people with the right services. So where I work, there's a, because of the weather, this beautiful weather that we have, a lot of people tend (laughs) to transit down here and stay down here. We do have a very high homeless population. And with that comes a lot of homeless individuals that have a lot of mental health issues. So our city has developed various strategic hubs citywide that has mental health professionals on staff, We have our crisis intervention team, which is a a mobile unit where civilians from various levels of mental health are involved, from social workers to psychologists to psychiatrists. um, And they work in tandem with officers when they encounter various issues or various people in crises. Um, I think we did one more step just to kind of bring a little bit more further, Coach, which is we brought that in-house. I can't. I don't know how to deal with you and your problems and your uh, crisis if I don't know how to deal with my own crisis that I'm mm-hmm. experiencing and suffering from. So my agency took a very robust and very proactive approach to bringing a strong officer wellness program. Nice. Whether, oh, big time. We have on staff a full-time psychologist, mm-hmm. a full-time certified mental health specialist. Okay. We have nutritionists. We have various uh, contractors that work with us to provide officers an outlet, whether it's yoga, meditation, um, various things to really help recognize and embrace and give them a platform to speak on things that might be bringing them down. Because we realize if a cop is unhealthy, he cannot serve another unhealthy person in the community. If a cop is not healthy, he may go out and do something that we may not want to have happen. And we've seen happen across our nation. Um, a lot of that, if you would pull back those onion layers, you would mm-hmm. see it started with that own officer's mental health status. So from a community externally, 
and from internally, mental health is something we take very seriously. And I think it's been one of the models going forward for many agencies to mirror and uh, implement in their own agencies as well. Nice. I mean, taking care of yourself, it, it's that's amazing. Uh, um, yeah. Being mental health in, in itself is a tricky game. But like the stewardess oh, yeah. uh, or the flight attendant says, as soon as you get on the plane, if there's yeah. an accident or some some trying to kind of tragic incident that happens while flying, they always say, put your mask on first before you try and help someone else. Because you can't, if you're right. you can pass out, you're not going to be effective to anyone else. So if you're, you guys are taking care of your, your own, your own department internally, which is a great thing. Have you seen the rise in morale? Have you seen the rise in production? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we've even, again, just trying to find new ways to be innovative and, and, and really ahead of the game where we've even implemented something called uh, respite days or wellness hours. So respite is, you know, you know, you and I both work in law enforcement. There's some days you, you wake up. And you just don't got it, coach. You're like, oh, my gosh, I just don't have the internal energy to go out. Something's on my heart. Something's on my soul or spirit. And because I may not be there all the way, I'm potentially putting myself and potentially the community in harm's way because I'm not at my best. So we have this thing where officers are, uh, are allotted 20 hours throughout okay. their calendar year to mm -hmm. take a respite day, meaning I need a me day. I need a day off. Um, to just really refocus and, and really, you know, find my center. And that's been well received. Morale shot up tremendously because, as yeah. you know, anybody in any discipline or any profession, if you tell them, hey, I'm giving you time off on the house free of charge, you know, that does a, a great, you know, shot to the arm in terms of morale. Um, the fact that, you know, we have a lot of younger officers, right? And they come from a different uh, generation of, of just life in general. For them to see the, the commitment and the buy-in and the investment into them uh, paid out dividends, right? Officers are in better shape. They're more expressive, they're more communicative, they're more engaged because they see their organization pouring into them. So I would say to answer your question, yes, our wellness program, our mental health program, uh, led by one of our majors here, has paid great dividends and morale um, overall within the department. That's good. That, that's interesting because that leads me to uh, my next question, too, which falls right in line. Um, you, you know, with the, the, the pandemic that went on a few years ago um, sure. and, and we're uh, all agencies, all, all businesses, all companies across the nation, possibly across the world are dealing with uh, uh, the, uh, the what's it called? The quiet quitting. Uh, mm -hmm. people, no one wanting to work or things have changed. Right. Um, and it's difficult uh, for agencies to find uh, applicants or uh, qualified applicants. Uh, sure. It's difficult for agencies to retain seasoned officers. And uh, I know a lot of seasoned officers, they're focused on retirement and they're like, I'm I, they're They're gone. Yeah. They're 100 percent in it. Uh, what kind of challenges or, or what, what kind of how do you see or how do you believe that, that those challenges can be met to kind of find qualified applicants of effective officers who are happy working in the profession and keeping the season officers uh, until uh, they can meet their, their full retirement. Wow. Coach, you came with the fire questions today. Um, I would say uh, I'll give you three different responses and they're both compounding upon each other. Okay. Um, there's a generational shift, right? You have for the first time in a long time, you have, I would say, 
three to maybe four different generations still working in law enforcement, right? Mm -hmm. You got the Gen X, the boomers, the millennials, the Gen Zs, mm -hmm. and whatever's behind the Gen Zs, which is much younger entering the workforce. What is that, Coach? They're the Zennials. Zennials. Wow. That's the first. I'm going to write that down. Zennials. So now let's say you have five different generations with five different viewpoints, five different work ethics and, and, and understanding and upbringing in terms of how they view work and whatnot. I would say with law enforcement as a whole, we're very slow to change. We're very resistant. Law yes, enforcement yeah. is a very tribal type of mm -hmm. Uh, profession, right? We yeah. learn best through stories. We learn best through, well, Coach Clee told me that I can't do this because this will happen versus sitting there and reading a policy or challenging yourself to really be a subject matter expert on a particular thing. So I say that to say this, these generations, these young men and women entering the workforce, they have been brought up with technology at their fingertips, right? Yeah. They're used to a push world whereas folks like myself and yourself as well we came from a pull system what i mean by that if i wanted to be a police officer if i wanted to join the military i had to go out and find a recruiter i had to yeah. go to the library and, and see what is the process what are the tests that i need to take where is the police academy mm -hmm. where is the police department to get the application i remember when i applied i had to fill out a paper application I had to wait to have a recruiter contact me. I had to pull this information. These newer kids, and I shouldn't say kids, these younger people who work entering the workforce, they're used to push, meaning I touch it, it's a gratification, I got the information, it's easy, it's not hard, it's not uh, too complicated for me to navigate to get to what I want. Right. So a lot of agencies I've come to find have been very slow, very slow turning into leveraging that new culture of push everything's push my phone will buzz and tell me breaking news cnn that's a push yeah hey, you want to apply uh, agency x y and z is applying click here and it opens up an interest card you fill it out and a recruiter will contact you so on and so forth so for me the first part will be leveraging what the new trends in the new world in which we live in for those who don't adapt and don't move towards that you're going to be left behind the bus right so I would say find new and innovative ways to push information. That's obviously, as you know, social media, meet them where they are. They're not out in the streets playing stickball. They're not at the parks playing basketball or in the gyms anymore. They're on various social media platforms. So meet them where they are. Push mm -hmm. the information you want to get your right target air, uh, audience to help help that recruiting aspect of it. The mm -hmm. second part will be kind of going back to community policing in a sense where you have to be communicative. I say that because when I applied, I didn't hear from my recruiter, what, four or five months from application to, hey, you got your application, we're scheduling you now for an interview. That's a long period of time. Yeah, it is, and, I remember those days. Right, but as a younger man back then, I was used to that. If you really want those good jobs, you're gonna have to wait for it, right? Well, these younger people, they're again, they're from a push world. If I don't get that like, I don't get that thumbs up, I don't get that, comment in my, my picture that I posted, I'm moving on. I'm thinking you're not interested, so therefore I'm not interested in what you're bringing to the table. Right. So I would say the communication piece um, in my career, one of my ancillary duties in which I still maintain is I'm a part-time recruiter within my agency. I've been recruiting all over uh, all the major schools in my state. I've gone, I'm actually scheduled here 
in the next few months here to go to Fort Bragg, a big army base, try to get some of the America's finest soldiers out of Fort Bragg. (laughs) (laughs) But but the point is, is that we have to meet, we have to be communicative. I remember the other day I did aura boards and a young lady said, one of the biggest things that impressed me, she came from uh, Phoenix. She said, the fact that from applying or filling out the interest card, a recruiter called me within that Mm -hmm. week. I never would have thought to hear from anybody, you know? So second part would be, be communicative, reach out to them, communicate with the people because that's the world they're in. They're used to that instant gratification, that instant connectivity. Slow is, you blink, you know, four different trends started on TikTok. So gotta be communicative. Um, And then I would say the third one, everybody has a what's in it for me. Whether you're in that retirement mode in your, your career, whether you're trying to get in the profession, whether you're in the profession, you're asking yourself, what is it, what's in it for me to continue right. to work hard and do the things that I need to do to either progress, promote, or go into positions that I want? If you're an entry-level guy, what is it in it for me to continue to stay in this organization? Is it the pay? Is it the, 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 the salary, the, the work schedule, the, the uh, accessibility to, to the latest and greatest in technology? And if you're a retiree, What's in it for me to continue to pour into this organization? Am I constantly being challenged and put in a position as that seasoned officer to continue to grow others, to continue to be a part of that team? Because oftentimes those who are a little bit older, who been around the block and, you know, they tend to get forgotten. Oh, he's just a salty old dog. Lay him out to pasture. Well, we need to identify what's in it for them too. How can they remain engaged, feel that value, feel that, um, that team uh, type of uh, atmosphere where they want to leave and continue to pour into their people. Oftentimes you see the way cities do it is they incentivize it. We have a thing here where there's a drop um, program. It's called the Deferred Retirement Option Plan in which you're legally retired, but your retirement check goes into a bank account and it's receiving high dividends, high interest rates. That tends to keep people, but money can only go so far, right, coach? So I think those are the three parts, right? Leveraging technology, transforming your mindset from being a pull system to a push system, being more communicative, being more open to communicating, defining these individuals where they are and and, and interacting, speaking their language. Right. And then identifying what's in it for me. If you can do that, you can have a viable, very healthy organization and recruiting and retention will never be an issue. And that was a great answer. And I like you broke it down and explained it very eloquently. I appreciate it. Ah, thank you, coach. Absolutely. Absolutely. But then, see, you know, I'm going to hit you with another whammy. I'm going to hit you with Come another. On. So then, uh, as you're uh, being involved in recruiting, um, let's say hypothetically, um, you come across a high school kid, uh, uh, you come across a college graduate, you come across someone who's currently in the military and possibly getting out or thinking of going reserves or however they plan on doing it. Uh, they come up to you um, and they're, they, I, I want to get into law enforcement, but I'm not exactly sure. Um, like you said, the what's in it for me type deal. Uh, what kind of skill, they say, what kind of skills are preferred for uh, me to at least work with various agencies and what kind of skills uh, or education is preferred so I can progress and rise through the ranks of these um, different agencies as well? What kind of advice would you give them? I would tell anybody that's trying to enter the profession, you have, you have, number one, be adaptable. This profession, 
like the military, it's fluid like water. Yeah. You may get the same kind of call, hey, you have a domestic, but that family, that situation, that crisis is never, ever, ever, ever the same. I right. challenge somebody in our profession to say, oh yeah, this is like deja vu. I, this played out exactly like it did yesterday. So with that being said, I said, you have to be adaptable. You mm -hmm. have to be willing to go with the flow and be smart enough and sharp enough to transition in and out of those thoughts, right? This is the only job outside the military where it goes from boring, dull, I'm part of car with you, and boom, the world's on fire. And yep. I, as a patrolman, I am that incident commander tasked with uh, bringing the resources and bringing calm to a chaotic situation. Mm -hmm. So I would tell young people, be adaptable. I had a young man, to kind of give you a quick story, goes, mm -hmm. I have a criminal justice degree, and I'm being told that that degree is no longer uh, something well sought after. I said, that's not necessarily true, but what I would say is identify things that supplement what we do well. At the very core, very crux of what we are, we're a social type of profession. We are social workers, if you want. I hope people don't kill me for that with a badge and a gun. So I would say identify a career path or a training skill set in college where it's either you're a minor in communications, you have a good understanding of sociology or psychology, You've taking, you have taken classes that kind of opens your mind to critical thinking. So um, courses that offer uh, deep analytical thinking or uh, reasonable deduction, things like that, that kind of challenges and shifts your mindset to see the forest and not necessarily the trees. You know, criminal mm -hmm. justice degree, I have a criminal justice bachelor's in criminal justice. It taught me the very surface superficial as I progressed and got more advanced degrees. Right. It taught me to look beyond that. So I'll tell folks, try to identify those different uh, skills that allow you to see beyond what's in front of you. Because law enforcement, that's that's exactly what it is. Oh, yeah, we have a domestic, but what's behind that? Yeah. Okay, you were fighting because of this? Oh, it's because of that, that. Before you know it, you, you get to the very root of it. I'm schizophrenic. I'm off my pills. You, you know what I mean? It's, it's so layered. So mirror your lifestyle or mirror your education and your training at, a, at an academic standpoint to prepare you for that. And then from a personality, from a what skills do I need to have? Adaptability. You gotta have great interpersonal skills. You gotta be able to talk to kids, adults, seniors, uh, black, white, men, women, you know, the whole spectrum. So you have to have amazing, amazing interpersonal skills. The ability to hold court, as they say, right? Um, I think would be a great skill set to have. Those are like my top two. And I think when you identify those types of people, those dynamic type of young people, you find yourself uh, surrounded by individuals that's going to be future leaders of tomorrow. Gotcha. Gotcha. Another great answer. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, coming. he's dropping wisdom. Take notes, guys. Take notes. <laughs> You funny, Coach. I love it, Coach. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. <laughs> All right. Hold on. We, we, we got to take a pause for the cause because Sergeant B. All safe right. has to shoot us with a commercial. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are coming right back. Well, you know it. The holiday season has begun. Here's a few tips that you should be aware of to stay safe. Online shopping and oop. Watch out for those fake websites that want to get your information and credit card numbers. 
There's scammers like Chance Wilder trying to hack into your computer. Online shopping goes up more than 50% this time of year. So keep a vigilant eye on your bank account, your computer, and any social media platform. Ah, Black Friday shopping is now here. Chance Wilder, I see you. Get out of here. If you're going out to stand in those long lines, make sure you lock hey, your car. That's Sergeant BC. Dress warm because it could be cold. Show the holiday spirit and be courteous to other people in line. Remember, first come, first serve. Still keep a watchful eye for problems in line. And once you finally make it inside to the store or mall, well, there's Robbie Blind. I guarantee he doesn't have the Christmas spirit. Robbie Blind is on the prowl, so be mindful of your purses, your bags, your cell phones, or any other personal items that you may sit down. And if you happen to see a crime, report it. Sergeant B safe. That's your tip of the day to have a safe holiday. Party Poopa be safe. I can't believe people are so gullible. 10 4, over and out. Subscribe now. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Thank you guys for. I hope you guys don't like that. Certain be safe, giving out tips. We're having fun doing it. And the music in the background is spectacular. Certain be safe is my homie. He's my friend. Uh, he's giving out some good advice. But like, we're, we we got backstage. Will August. He's, we've been having a tremendous conversation. Uh, we talked about uh, training retention. Uh, we talked about policing across the the nation. We've talked about recruiting. We talked about community policing. We talked about mental health and crisis and things along those lines. And we're going to continue the conversation. Will, you still there? I'm still there. Perfect. Music to my ears. Let me ask you this. I hate asking the question this way, but it it, it gives a little semblance on a kind of a finite. Uh, okay. I don't know I ask it. Uh, what's your end game goal with law enforcement? I know it's ever evolving. It's ever changing. Um, and, and you, you really don't have an end game goal because once you set a goal, you set another goal. But in sure. three to five years, what, what, is, what is your three to five year goal that you can share with us? So one of the things that I was I learned very early, uh, I think it came through, you know, my fraternal uh, bonds is mm -hmm. onward and upward. Mm -hmm. Being comfortable with being uncomfortable, always mm -hmm. challenging yourself to grow and push. Um, if you think you, you've made it or you arrived or you're the smartest man in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? All these various cliches. So for me, three to five years, I would like to, to give the, 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 the politically correct answer is saying I would love to continue to develop as a, as a leader first and foremost. I've been entrusted with a, a great responsibility of leading men and women into the next millennium of policing, right? So I would say to be a true, transparent, a true legitimate leader. You know, I don't want to talk to talk. I want to walk to walk. Mm -hmm. um, my, my goal is to one day be trusted um, with maintaining um, that sacred bond with the community, which is being that face of the organization. I don't know where that may be. I don't know if it'll be where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. But I like to think um, anybody that's truly passionate about what they do, they want to be 
at the very top of their game, right? You want to be the Kobe of, of the league. You want to be the LeBrons. You want to be the best that you can be. So I would like to continue on the path of growing as a leader, um, allowing myself to be in spaces and positions to leave it better than how I found it and to, to truly have that, uh, that, that, that ability to lead from the front and not from the back and the rear. Mm-hmm. So the only way to do that is to continually onward and upward, just always pushing myself, pushing, mm-hmm. pushing, pushing until I, I truly become um, what I envision myself to be, right? Mm-hmm. I like that. It sounds to me like self-awareness, as we say on it, self-awareness is sexy. And self-awareness make, it forces you to take a look at yourself and you want to grow. And the more you know about yourself, the more you develop yourself, the more you actually learn, do self-help, uh, go in, in read books or seminars yeah. and you grow in, in the process. And as you grow, uh, you make yourself better. And, and, and it's like the, the foundation, you plant a tree within inside you. And the more you water that tree, eventually the fruit will come out and the fruit is for others. And you yes. become a better uh, a person, you become a better human being, you become a better law enforcement officer. Anything you decide to do, you become better at it and you make other people around you better as well. You know what's amazing about that, Coach? That tree don't stop growing. No. You know, un- unless it is struck down or something outside of its control happens, mm-hmm. it constantly stretches to the stars. It constantly grows and deeply grows upon its roots and its branches and it grows as as big and as tall as, as Mother Nature will allow it. And that's a dynamic, powerful force. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm taking that. I love the idea of the fruit in which it bears. It's not necessarily for the tree. It's for others to enjoy. Planting that seed and paying it mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. I forget who the, I would like to give credit where it's due. I forget where I heard it from. But the, the tree itself grows, but the fruit is for others. Oof. I'm, I got to write that down. I'm still in that one, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Well said. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Reading again through self-development, I, I read a lot of books and, uh, and I, I read a lot of books of quotes and I really digest them. And I and reading so many, I actually forget who they come from and who they are. So no uh, shout out to whoever said that. I mean, no discredit. I just can't remember exactly who, who did, who said that. Absolutely. But let me ask you, how do you feel like you make a difference with your agency, with your family, with the uh, law enforcement community, with the nation? How do you feel that what you do makes a a difference uh, uh, positively? So when you hit those three to five year goals and law enforcement changes in three to five years that you can say, you know, I'm I'm a stakeholder per se. And the the force that changed law enforcement for the better. Ooh. I would say it has to be, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to go story mode now. It has to be the, the genuine feedback I've gotten at every various level within my career. And, and I'll start back in the beginning. I came from a very, very, very troubled youth. I had, you know, very abusive household. Um, mm-hmm. The people I looked up to were law enforcement. So when I entered that profession, uh, to be quite blunt with you, there was not a lot of uh, men of color black men in policing where I was. So when I was out in these communities and I was in these different spaces, and I and I think because I look young too, I'll be quite honest with you, Coach, you're like, man, I know your mother's proud of you. I'm so proud that you are wearing that uniform and you know I'm so glad you're here. Like I kept always getting that 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 tip, that that head nod, you know, from folks saying, man, you're doing a hey, state of course, young fella. You're right, doing great right. things. As I promoted, as I got you know positions to be detectives, et cetera, as others 
other peers, other black men and women entered the profession that are junior to me. Mm-hmm. And even those that are senior to me were like, wow, man, you're a trailblazer. You're doing things that we didn't think we could, we can get into. We didn't think we could promote. We didn't think we could do these cool and be a part of these unique different units. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're blazing that trail and you're reaching back and you're bringing others with you, I want to be just like you. And I always tell people, don't be like me. Be better than me, man. Mm-hmm. Take what I've take what I've given and, and keep growing and building upon that. So mm-hmm. constantly getting that positive reinforcement from my peers. And then when you're following these spaces, you're like, and you look back at it, you're like, holy smokes. The mm-hmm. amount of that, hey, listen, that's another thing I forgot to tell you, coach. You have to be resilient. Resiliency in this profession, yeah. Yeah. you don't got that. Because one thing we didn't touch on, is, uh, we did in the sense with mental health, but mm-hmm. you know this profession has a very high suicide rate. You That's have bad. to have that mental resiliency. Mm-hmm. So when I had people say, "Man, you really you went through hell and high water to get to where you are," and mm-hmm. I'm grateful and thankful to have seen the process, know that it is tangible and reachable, and you're the person. That, so for me, it's like, man, that's from the heart. That's from the soul. That always kept feeding me. That kept filling my tank. And kept giving me when I had doubt that you know what I am on the right track and I am making an impact both internally with my peers and, and out in the community. When you have people that said, "Man, I remember when you was a youngin. Look at you now. Look what you're doing for us and others. You see others going to college. Everybody's just doing well because they see something outside of the norm, which is a young man that looked like them doing a profession that is not quite common right. in the community. So right. I think that's what really gets me going. I mean. That really juices me up, Coach. I see. I see. Passionate and emotions come through, and you touched oh, on yeah. something very prevalent that uh, we did we did not talk talk on um, self deletion. Self deletion is, is very prevalent in this occupation, and yes. uh, I mean, there's peer groups. There, there's like like you said, take your department uh, has mental health uh, times where you can take off. You have psychologists on. So you have so many different outlets, but you do have to be resilient because we deal with people who are. It's our job to deal with people who are either difficult or they're experiencing a traumatic event. And just because it's that person's most people, it's their worst days. Good people, it's their yeah. worst days. Bad guys, they're at their best. When we yes. deal, and yes. so we deal with that constantly, day in, day out, and it, it it weighs heavy on us. And you have to have some sort of outlet, whether it's working out, whether it's reading, whether it's having a podcast, whether it's writing a book, whether some <laughs> some sort of outlet to get that energy out, so you can recharge yourself. That's kind that takes you away from law enforcement, so you can recharge and be that better person of yourself Absolutely. again. Like you said, self awareness is sexy. Because we don't. The last thing you want to do is yes. pour into so many people, or let be that tree, and that everyone's taking fruit from, and then there's no more fruit to bear, uh-huh. and then that tree withers away and dies after you just had a successful career helping everyone else out. You still want to take care of yourself. You gotta, you gotta water that tree in the process too. Absolutely, Coach. Well said. I can't top that one. You nailed it, sir. Uh, just speaking, uh, not I'm not trying to go tit for tat or one up or anything. It's just oh, not no, the not that I'm sure we've all seen. Uh, I've seen a lot of uh, senior guys go through depressions or whatever it may be, and it's a shame because you, you see how great they were, and then the transition, and then be uh, uh, forgotten about 
where they feel they're not worthy. And I, I don't want that to be the case for anyone, especially when you, you, you're going to work and you're putting your life on the line. You, you, you matter and you, you're worth it. Absolutely. Uh, resiliency is, is key in every aspect of it. More so if you find yourself in these key high tempo type professions, right? You have to have that mental resilience. You have to have that emotional intelligence to recognize some of these signs and, and truly invest in yourself, your health, your physical health, your mental health, mm -hmm. and be able to push forward. And I say that because truthfully, Coach, I, there's been times where I'm like, this is this is a mountain I can't even move. I can't, you know, I'm, I'm against so many different obstacles uh, internally, externally, in my own head. You know, I'm like, I, I don't know if I got it in me. But to, to continue to push believing yourself, have that resiliency that I mentioned earlier and mm -hmm. come on the other side of that. And when you look back, you see others taking that same path and they have, if not the same, better success. Mm -hmm. ooh, you need to bottle that up and sell it because uh, <laughs> <laughs> that really, that really does something for the spirit. So very fortunate and glad to have that type of uh, emotional intelligence moving forward in that regard. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This is what I'm talking about. See, this is what it's all about. We're learning, yeah. we're having fun, and we're sharing good information, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is this is tr uh, uh, tremendous. This is something that wasn't very uh, – <laughs> I talked to you backstage. This is something that I, I wasn't going to do, uh, but I think it's important. Um, sure. Just to get information out there for others to see, just uh, the different side of law enforcement, just the different uh, uh, aspects and how positive it can be and what's expected. Absolutely. Absolutely, Coach. But hang on. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I know it's back-to-back, -back, but starting to be safe. I got to get these sponsorships out here, so bear with me, but enjoy them. I forgot I left the oven on, and now it's caused a fire. Oh no! I hear an alarm! Sergeant, be safe. Can you help me? Sergeant, be safe to the rescue. Of course I can. I'm here to keep you safe. I know it's the holidays and we all get excited, but you gotta keep an eye when you're cooking in the kitchen. This grease fire, you want to smother the flame. Fire extinguisher works best. Never leave food unattended while you're cooking, even if it is for a second. Thank you for your help. Without you, the fire would have caused this holiday to be disastrous. You're welcome. Hey guys, one adventure down. Now I'm back at the office. Let's see if I can give you guys some more tips for the holiday. We already talked about websites that are scams, emails, letters, and social media. Be careful where you put your information, because once it's there, it's there. Don't give an opportunity for Chance Wilder to scam you out of your currency and digital currency. It only takes a second for him to ruin your life. Lock your doors, lock your doors, lock your doors. Do not leave your car key in your car or anyone else's vehicle either. Keep it in a safe place, away from the vehicle. And that's your tip of the day to have a safe holiday. Happy Thanksgiving!
All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back. Thank you for tuning in and staying with us. We got Genesis the Poet says, phenomenal, phenomenal guest speaker. Absolutely, we're having a tremendous time. We got him still backstage right here. And through the course of conversation, uh, we, we discussed many, many topics, many issues right here. Uh, whether whether it, I may have jogged your memory uh, and something that you may have forgotten that you wanted to cover, uh, something that you may have wanted to say, or there may have been a question I forgot to ask you. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to put out there on the uh, on, in the, on the podcast itself right now? The floor is yours. Wow. Um, I would say that um, we recognize um, what law enforcement stands for, right? It's a noble profession that truly, in its core, was designed to serve the community. Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to put out and, and hope as I grow in my own agency and in my own community that we continue to have these talks continue to get on the podcast, be on town hall meetings and really be where the people are that are seeking that true partnership, that true conversation, that gut check moment and, uh, and be open and be genuine with it. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that would be the only way we as a community, we as a nation can grow. Uh, and, and all these terrible stories and terrible examples of some of the negative things that's happened um, within law enforcement can kind of, disappear and go away because we've transitioned into a new philosophy, a new viewpoint on life. So uh, I'm going to continue to seek out people like yourself, coach, individuals who are engaged in having active communication because knowledge is power. Uh, conversations are, are everything. Um, I, I want to thank you again for having me on your show, giving me uh, an opportunity to be on your platform to have such an amazing, amazing interview and amazing podcast show with you um i think going forward we're training in the right direction um mm -hmm. on multiple levels and um again i'm just really happy that you have me on this podcast and i hope to continue leveraging our networks leveraging mm -hmm. our relationships and friendships um with a collaborative collaborative goal of uh, going from good to great right so thank you again coach Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for making yourself available. Thank you for answering the call uh, and coming on. It's not real easy to kind of put yourself out there um, uh, emotionally. It's not easy to put yourself out there visually on a platform of a total stranger uh, that you <laughs> didn't know. And then to have an exciting platform where dynamic information is given, as um, Jamon has said, very good live. This platform is highlighting some dynamic men and women of law enforcement. Keep striving and for the greater and the and greatness. Yep. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you guys tune in. Black and Blue is not going anywhere. We have a special dynamic guest. We go live weekly, like I said before. We go live weekly with a special guest. We talk about individuals in the law enforcement atmosphere who are either rookie season or retirees and their experiences and different trends and topics that are going on in the world. Will, I appreciate you. I, I hope the best for you. I know this won't be the last time that I, I we have uh, we, a station uh hopefully you're available for future shows if, if, if it comes down to it uh i want you um i hope you flourish in your goals i hope you flourish through the ranks of your community with your family your friends and your um and your agency as well absolutely hey listen coach you got my number please bring me back and we can talk about anything from here to the moon thank you again absolutely thank you you guys tune in like <laughs> oh, we, we'll be right back but here's starting to be safe and we're going out you we love you have a good night 10-4, over and out.
Small crimes turn into bigger crimes if not dealt with. The broken windows theory. Hey, Rob, you blind. I saw you break that window. Meddling busybody. That window was like that when I arrived. I'm calling the police. Ooh. Don't run. Sergeant, be safe. I saw Rob, you blind try to break into that building. Thank you, concerned citizen, for letting me know. We will definitely investigate. Minor crimes such as vandalism, loitering, curfew violations, public drunk, jaywalking or driving with your headlight or taillight out. Minor crimes turn into bigger crimes if not reported. <laughs> Sergeant, be safe. I would have gotten away with this if it weren't for you and these nosy citizens. Community policing begins with you. So if you don't want to see your neighborhood go down the tubes, if you see a crime, report it. Sergeant Be Safe here. That's your tip of the day to get you on your way. Subscribe now.